There's so much. All of my questions are just, <laughs> it's cold open, y'all. It's the after party. All my questions are just helicopter, question mark, giant, question mark, stone, question mark. What's happening here? Eric, what's your fixation with stone that can talk? Is the whole animal stone? What's happening? Maybe a better place to start is for any of you in your experience as players or DMs, have you dealt with giants before? As a player, it just totally blew my mind, the idea that we'd be fighting something that was physically just not subduable by us. Like, my character isn't a magic user, she just has herself and her wits, and the idea that a thing is so big that it could just, like, crush me as it, like, adjusts its sandals or something is crazy. Actually, in one of my other campaigns, like in the past week or so, I think, as we record this, we encountered a bunch of giants that we had to, there's like two or three that we had to like fight off. And then we took a whole like side quest that was giant themed. And there's a whole like lore backstory with giants. Like there's like fire giants and ice giants and like cloud giants or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And there's like a hierarchy of like, there's a top giant man, woman who like looks over everything. And then it's like a hierarchy going down. And it's super interesting. Are you playing the module Storm Giant's Throne, right? Storm King, yeah. Storm King's Throne was a module that Wizards of the Coast recently released. My brother's playing it, and I hear it's like a ton of fun. I certainly haven't played against or pitted giants against my players, but they're always a ton of fun because they have like a very robust civilization. And you would expect like giant creatures that have so many effects happening around them to maybe just be mindless or like most of the other creatures in either Volo's book or the monster manual or anything. But giants are just cool, especially like when there is negotiation with them. They really like to trick you. They really like to mess with you. That's what's interesting to me is that giants are way more powerful than anything. They can do whatever they want. And yet they still tolerate humans or other creatures a lot more than they probably should. But on the question of like fighting them, in my experience, you can take them down, but like it took in my other game, it took like the party plus some, I think, an equal amount of NPCs to take wow. down two or three. So, influencing my decision there to just like, hey, let's hide instead of try to talk to this thing or fight it. That was what I was thinking. Probably a good idea. I've been reading a lot on giant lore. There's a ton in the Volo's Guide, which is always just so fun. It gives you such an in depth look at a few different monster types. I gotta say that this giant is different than usual giants. This is a variant that I'm working with. And I think it's super interesting, and I really want to see how everyone deals with it. That's awesome. We worked on the musical Into the Woods in high school, and as part of the research for that, we looked up lots of lore around the fairy tales that are referenced. And my favorite was always Jack and the Beanstalk. It's so absurd. The image is so crazy. The behavior of the giants has logic to it. It's not just a monster coming after you. So I always really enjoyed the monsters that can trick and be tricked and can kind of like plan on the same level as the humans in some way or are just way more powerful than them. And somehow inexplicably you get away. I would watch Inara and the Beanstalk. Uh, I would live. too. I would too. Thank you. I can get a little backpack for oat cake. Make sure she can make up the, the Beanstalk with me. Uh, the golden oat cake. Oh. Uh, I love oat cake. She's my favorite part of this whole podcast. Is thanks. voicing her. Hey, thanks. I mean, to, mine too. From all three of us. No, it's mine definitely too. not all of you. It's okay. <laughs> the dog you invented and assigned to a player. Yes. Yes, yes me yes, too. Please. 
And then how about that techno-magical helicopter, y'all, with an AI system? I'm glad it wasn't called Jarvis, but that's what I was thinking in my head. Have you guys ever seen the picture of the like Leonardo da Vinci helicopter? That's oh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's exactly what I was, that's that's what what I was, I was picturing. Too. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Great. Nice. Hey, hey, we're all on the same page. Good. Nice. That's great. Good, good words, nothing, right? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's what I envisioned in my head, but it was like it had to be partially like a boat if Captain Alex was going to drive it. Right. But yeah, it was a combination of those things. Oh, I'm assuming it can go in water also. But I hope it isn't ruined because I want to like hang out in the ship for episodes and episodes and arcs and arcs to come. I'm curious about the Conway situation because we've seen now the gun, we've seen the helicopter. What other like machine magic things have we seen yeah. so far? Uh, Tracy. Well, uh, sorry, I was including myself <laughs> in that, yes. So I, there's this like throughput that I'm really excited to explore, especially with the introduction of Conway, which seems to be an AI, but like there's not artificial intelligence in this world. So is he a spirit? Is he some sort, I don't know what they are. I mean, the first place my brain went to is magic is about intention and if you can manifest an intention strongly enough, you can kind of create a force that acts in the world on its own. So I'm also really curious. Hopefully it comes back. I don't know if it's cursed or not. That was an awesome moment to see kind of what the extent of Conway is. Cards on the table. I was like betting in my head that it's just like a tiny fairy up there or something. Oh, me too. <laughs> I thought like it was going to be a bird. It's just like a, yeah, a small thing or creature just hiding up in the speaker and not an actual. It's just uh, like a Wizard of Oz situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I Don't just... look behind the intercom. Exactly, exactly. Uh, hey, it still could be. Yeah, it still could be. I'm glad that my apparently cursed item. <laughs> You're so salty about this. Well, I'm not salty. I'm always excited by cursed items. I just feel dumb that I've been carrying something that may or may not be cursed, obviously. Yeah, Eric's not going to tell me. But I've been carrying this all along, and I haven't, I guess, done the proper investigations. Yep. That's, yeah. The, yeah. that's yeah, the thing. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. No, uh, you haven't. To see whether it's a curse or whether I'm cursed or whether the Undying Light doesn't like me or like what I want to do. and. I mean, I was nervous because you've taken life guidance from this thing. And that was what my brain went to immediately was the diary in Chamber of Secrets and Tom Riddle and Arthur Weasley saying, don't trust things if you can't see where it keeps its brain. And just to get answers from a thing that could potentially not have your best interests at heart or not even be the thing that you think it is. Well, Johnny's going to listen to anything that the light says. But if the right. if the lantern wants to say something, he's probably going to ignore it. <laughs> Well, I've been seeing the two of them as the same, or like maybe the oh, maybe not. the light is being yeah. influenced by the lantern. Like who be. knows? The way I interpreted from day one is that the light is attached to the lantern just so that there's a physical manifestation to it and doesn't just like go into the plane of the light. Or it's also just a small creature or fairy pretending to be something inside the lantern, since now nothing can be trusted. Either way, I'm nervous and thrilled. I'm excited. Tracy, I'm in the role investigation to see if you're just like a ton of I'm just of, a ton of fairies. Just a ton of fairies. Just uh, a bunch of little beetles. Yeah. That would explain a lot. Are you like just two kobolds in a big metal and <laughs> <laughs> jacket? I'm also really stoked to see a new city. I loved that panorama, that montage of the rivers slowly appearing aggregating and becoming this like defining feature of the land. I'm obviously so curious about why the city was abandoned, ruined, what that big slash was, and where these two columns come from, what they represent, why they're being built around it. Why build a new civilization right across the river from the old one? Everything. So many questions. I I, I want to see it. My favorite thing is I'm not very good at like picturing things in my head, but when you give me things like in my head, Fidopolis was red. And then we shift over to this new city where everything is blue. And that yeah. gives such a different flavor to the campaign and to the environment that I'm going into. That worked a lot for me. 
Yeah. Also, the triangle of Fidopolis versus the Venn diagram of Antopolis, where presumably it's about things coming together, the left and the right banks. Like, what does that mean? What does the middle represent? And I am just really excited to go from a city that is the seat of power and decides so many things for the rest of the area into something dealing with its own challenges and like I like policy. I like representational governments and republics and things. And so to see this political stuff playing out, the political party, if you will, I'm really stoked. I'm excited to see also along that same lines of if everything we've been told in Fidopolis checks out, how do people outside of Fidopolis actually view Fidopolis? Like who's the speaker? Like how do they actually feel about that? Ghost fish? Like what is scary birds there? Why are there scary, scary birds? birds? That what turned out to be, I thought it was just like a throwaway moment that was inspired by Sweeney Todd and the guy with the bad hair tonic turned out to be really good and interesting. And I am so psyched that apparently the Assassin's Guild is looking out for Inara here. That's what I'm presuming. And whether they mean that I don't know. You have to kill the head of the Red Throat Gang. You like, is it a metaphor or is it like actually we're gonna be going to ghost fish and have to cut off its head? Like who knows? I felt a lot of hostility this game because <laughs> everyone calls me fish and, and we're talking about how fish is bad and we should cut the head of fish. and Only ghost fish. Only this ghost is an fish. intervention. <laughs> and I'm like, what did I do? The first thing I thought when the thieves can't note when we heard the meaning, I thought, oh, this is an order from the uh, Assassin's Guild that you need to go cut the head off of the fishmonger. Oh, in nice. town. Like, this is your first hit. Like, <laughs> this is your, this first, is your first test. Oh, damn. Kill the fishmonger. That's so, like, House of Black and White, that you have to, like, yeah. go yeah. kill, like, a random person. Yeah. What if it's just, like, you have to start slow and just have to kill a fish first? Yeah, you gotta really <laughs> just work your way up, really understand the value of taking a life. And, yeah. Again, this you know, hostility is just... some mammals. <laughs> and then we'll, yeah. Yeah. Again, only ghost fish. If you turn into a ghost, Michael, fish, I would not feel badly by cutting your head off. Please don't turn into a ghost. I don't like ghosts. It's a spooky fish. <laughs> Spoopy fish. I just want to clarify some stuff. I'm not going to give anything away. When I was talking about the slash, I meant like the giant was dragging its club. That's what like I behind interpreted. It. Yeah. Oh, so sorry. I don't want you to look into that. That's just like I was signifying the, the giant. Awesome. The other thing I want to say is I want to shout out the two patrons who are now in the NPC lottery. First is Tim the Zuby Zaretta. So he is the name for the giant Zuby, and Representative Shields. It's David Shields. So thank you so Woo-hoo. much. Thanks, guys. Um, I Hope you don't die. <laughs> Eric wouldn't kill an NPC with a patron's name. Yeah. Would he? Would you? I did name one of them as a big bad giant. I mean, uh, he's a very poetic giant. He is. The other thing I want to say is I am happy that I've constructed these city-states as like existing kind of like in their own space. Like I really want to build these cities out and give them their own flavor. So this is just giving me some time to like world build and I'm glad that I get to take the time to do it. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, Yeah, I'm excited. I like fantasy and fiction in general where it's clear that stuff is happening when the heroes are not there. Like fantasy where you can feel that the world's been around for a long time or sci-fi where time passes when the camera lens of the hero's perspective is not there with it. So I like that feeling in our campaign as well. Yeah, and that extends to Philopolis as well. Like things are going to happen back yeah. in, back in town while we're not there. So I think I was pretty clear that I didn't like this new version of Alonzo. But what did you guys think of Alonzo 2.0, I guess? I honestly well, didn't. Wait, wait, hold on. What do you mean? I just don't know where his bravado came from. And it was kind of like, who is this guy? And let's not maybe rush into things. Let's work it out and make sure we stay safe. 
I guess his actions at the ceremony really emboldened him. And it's, I think, a cause for concern. Like, he is just wanting to rush into things. And I'm, I feel like we're going to have to be taking care of him a lot. And I want him to be like a member of this crew. But also, I'm scared that he's just going to keep running into danger. He's been propped up by all of the rhetoric from the speaker and being the champion of the continent, essentially, which is like laughable at this point. I don't think he can even really swing an axe. <laughs> well, he's figured out how to anchor them to his weapons belt, so that's a start. But yeah, he definitely came across as a lot more confident and wanting to like rush off than normal. But I think you're right, Brandon. Like I think Speaker and others have been kind of psyching him up for this. Or maybe he's decided he was freaked out by killing people and then realized that this is my thing now and decided to try it or to lean now into I it. Now I kill people. To lean into it. Yeah. Or like this is his life is the one he was born into and, and maybe he's gonna give it a shot. But I'm also very nervous. Like, obviously, he's charmed right now, so I'm not judging him for going toward the giant. Sure. But I am annoyed that he is. The bloodline thing is really interesting for me because he has no appreciable skills. Like, he has no skills or talent or anything. So I'm curious to see how he's going to be received by the other city-states. For sure. I don't think he's going to be as inspiring as he hopes to be. I get the vibe that nothing coming from on high from Fidopolis is going to be received the way the speaker thinks it's going to be. So yeah. I'm very curious about the politics and cultural climate of this world. Especially if he's going to come in with a ton of swag. That like does too not much help. Bravado, yeah. he's gonna, his belt's going to fall down and his pants are going to go with it at some point. Oh, dear. <laughs> it, it really just depends on his, like saving throw against the weight of those of those uh, weapons. I guess I'm just going to have to keep using the orb to help him out and just uh, <laughs> use the undying light to help him uh, keep his pants up. <laughs> Let's talk about emails. All right. We're going to do a lightning round of three questions, and then we have one bigger one. Ooh. So this one is from Katie, Katie's delivery service. What up, Katie? As you might know her. I was explaining Anara to my sister, and she wants to know just how besotted Anara would be with Brienne of Tarth Or any Gwendolyn Christie character, really? That wasn't Uh, really a question, I guess. (laughs) I guess, Anara, do you have any... My question for that is, would Anara have any crushes on any other fantasy people who we might know? Well, so there's this problem, which is called wife goals or life goals. I talked about in Spirits, my other podcast, about how an issue of growing up as a queer lady is like when you meet someone who's just fascinating to you, you're like, oh, no, like, do I want to be them or do I want to date them? And it's hard. And like, you can't tell sometimes. So in this case, I think that Brienne of Tarth would be more on the life goals than on the wife goals. I think that Inara would probably just be so enthused and amazed at this like platonic ideal of what she wants to be that she would just like follow Brienne around like a puppy and try to learn all her ways. Probably would have a crush on Sansa, though. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. I like it. All right. I have two uh, Johnny Tracy buddy questions for Ooh. you. This is from Matt Lewinsky at we hitman underscore elite. Ooh, that makes sense. If Johnny likes food so much, how hasn't he upgraded Tracy to have a griddle? Yeah, <laughs> Mikey. Where's my griddle? Um, oh, my God. I want a 1950s AU like automat Tracy version. Yes. Have you guys ever seen Robot Grandma? No. <laughs> what? No. Is that the name of it? I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's this movie from like, I want to say the early, early 90s or maybe even late 80s where their grandma is just an automaton and she like pours milk out of her finger for, for breakfast. You, it's fantastic. Are you just confusing Bicentennial Man and Mrs. Doubtfire and you're conflating them? You know, I like, might grandma be. grandma got over by a reindeer? Ooh, I feel also. like there's a, there's a diner in there somewhere. No, my siblings, please tweet and tell everyone I'm not crazy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I love that part when grandma gets run over by a reindeer where she gets hit and then Santa turns her into the $6 million grandma. <laughs> 
Brandon almost spit out his beer. So we're going to move on to the next question. <laughs> this is from our friends D&D Character Lab, another great D&D podcast where they take fictional characters, turn them into D&D and make them fight. If to complete a caper, Johnny had to hide with no light inside of Tracy, who would be more uncomfortable? Mm, this is a Star Wars situation. And I'm all about it. Are you going to cut me open? Well, first off, I'm not going to cut you open. This has happened before in my head canon. You've, you've <laughs> gone inside of me? Did I have to eat you to get inside of me? No, you open his hatch, put a bag of holding inside, and then get into the bag of holding. Did you get in the bag of holding first and then I swallowed the bag? Ooh. I don't know why any of this is not the correct answer. This is all the correct answer. So uh, who would be, um, who the would answer be is me. I would be more uncomfortable, I think. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Johnny would just be like, hey. Johnny's mostly fine. <laughs> yeah, I would just be like playing poker with like whatever gremlins are inside of me. I'm yeah. like, listen, Johnny carries wait, wait, the light. Wait, what? Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> which gremlins? I'm sorry, did you just insinuate that you are not in fact a warforged? You I are just <laughs> multiple goblins inside. Oh my God, I have four Daleks inside in one, you. Uh, in one trench coat. I am three goblins and one Dalek inside of a trench coat. <laughs> Checks out. I feel oh. like we answered that question. No, that you nailed it. Please, thank you. There you go, D and D characters. There you hey, go. Can D&D. you make Johnny and Tracy fight D and D character lab? Uh, we Ooh. already make Johnny and Tracy fight, but please let us on the podcast so we can do it for you. Yes, <laughs> that'd be cool. I I got a really good question about names. This is from our Tumblr. Hey, we have a Tumblr. Join the party our inbox is open. Ask us questions. This is from Bone Hat. So it's been agreed that names have power. Oh, look at you paying attention. How did do you guys choose names for your characters? Disclaimer, this question is merely a front to figure out what the B stands for in Johnny B. Goodlight. We also have a similar question from everyone's favorite artiste, Paola. Hi, How Paola. Got- You're hey, awesome. Paola. Woo. Who designed our beautiful merch. We have t-shirts. We have notebooks. We have pillows. We have sweatshirts. Stuff of all kinds. Tanks. Baseball t-shirts, which I love. And it's just like code for I'm a queer lady. So like, hey, queer ladies, buy a baseball t-shirt. <laughs> um, at jointhepartypod.com slash merch. So Paola also has the same question. How did you come up with your characters' names? Let's do all three of you. And then I will tell you a few that I came up with that were not patrons. Sure. Well, mine is based on a novel I wrote when I was like nine or ten years old. Um, (laughs) I I read the Bartimaeus trilogy, which is a trilogy sort of like set in, I don't know, in my head it was like Renaissance Italy, sort of like Assassin's Creed running over the rooftops type thing. And it's like teen urchins. Actually, there's a lot of influence now that I think about it. But it's like teen urchins running over the rooftops and like living in the city and there's demons and magic. It's really good. Are we just playing that game right now? I mean, kind of. Um, (laughs) And my character was called... Inyara Harthorn. That was originally the name of my character, but y'all kept calling her Inara instead of Inyara. So I dropped the Y. Her name was going to be like Yara, like a cute little, you know, but y'all kept messing it up. So I made her what you kept saying, which is Inara. We did do that. It's, Sorry. it's Sorry. really the two syllable yell from Tracy, which really gets me. Inara! Yeah, <laughs> that's no, it's what pretty it good. is. So I would really miss that. It's if pretty it good. Just... Inyara! That, also works. I, does Yara, Yara? It's not the same. Uh, that's the same. one, two, three. Yeah. Well, Tracy just used everyone's full name, so I don't think he would say Yara. Barnabas! Bar- Barnabas? I gotta put in a character named Barnabas now. Okay. <laughs> I also named Johnny B. Goodlight. I just thought it was funny. We were talking about puns, I think. Like yeah, puns. my character was... We were kind of doing a by-committee thing, and yeah. I wanted something, because I, ne- I never play, and all my players usually like do like silly names that are usually puns or references to something, so... Yeah, I was just it- like, Johnny B. Good... 
Light. And then that just it just worked. I think there's been like a variation of how we spell Johnny and whether or not there is an E at the end of light, like old fashioned light. Um, not currently, but I'm open to it. Um, I'm very open to that. No, it's I've already crossed it out in like a few things that I've had it in. And then I think the B stands for B. Brandon. Nope, it stands for B. Brandon. Homer J. Simpson style. The middle name is just B. B E or B E E? I think it's B. And I'm not going to say how it's spelled, but I think it's B. Great. It's B. <laughs> it could be B-E-A. It could be B-E-E. It could have a meaning that I haven't figured out B-E-I. yet. B-E-I. could be B-E-I. Johnny B. Arthur Goodlight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's the right age group for There you go. <laughs> so my name, a few people have already guessed this so far, I think, but my name comes from one of my favorite movies of all time when I was a kid, Dick Tracy. So I made Tracy a detective, and the shorthand for detective is Dick. So it's D colon TR8C. Designation. Right, which D is designation colon. in our designation, universe. Yeah. TR8C. There may or may not be some uh, words that TR8 and C stand for, but we'll have to uh, <laughs> we'll have to learn those later in the campaign. Tiny raging eight children in, in a trench coat. Oh my god! We figured it out! We figured it out! Ah, <laughs> I did actually text my brother, sister, and I think one other person of like, hey, how do I make Detective Tracy a cool name for my D&D character? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay, here are a few characters that I named. Tammy and Taylor, the dragons. They are from Tammy Taylor, the wife of Coach Taylor in Friday Night Lights. Connie Britton, if you want to come on this podcast, please, I would really love that. Alonzo actually comes from a football player. There is a linebacker who used to play on the Buffalo Bills and the Eagles. His name is Alonzo Kiko. And I think it's just the greatest name. Really? No, his name is Kiko Alonzo, actually, (gasps) which is even better. That's amazing. But I figured I couldn't, like, take the name, (laughs) so I just flipped it because I thought it was really good. I think there's something really special that Alonzo's name comes from a football player. We also didn't discuss any of this before. Yeah, I know. So this is great. A lot more masculine than I expected, but, like, I'm here for it. Greg, I actually named Greg and Gregina at the same time. You're kidding. And I What? Was, well, the reason why I named him Greg was because I liked having a name that had like the feminized version just like on top of it. Yeah. So he's not Gregory. He's never Gregory. It's Greg and Gregina. I mean, his real name is Gregory, but no one calls him that. So I really like the dichotomy between the two. Here's the... <laughs> Gregory and Gregreenery. Greg, Gregory and Gregginery. That's good. Oh, Here is the name behind Stoneface. Uh-oh. Originally, I named Stoneface Hugo after one of the gargoyles from Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is a great movie. And Hugo is named after Victor Hugo, who wrote the novel. And when it was our third time recording, and it was the first one we had done after doing the pilot. So this was like our first time doing it live and really starting to get our momentum. And I had all of these notes up. Now I make my font really big so I can look at it when I have it up, but I just like could not look at it. And you guys came upon the gargoyle, and I had to give him a name, and I'm just like Stoneface. <laughs> <laughs> the entire episode, everything was coming out like not as you expected it, Seriously. so that that makes sense. Yeah, uh, and especially like the whole joke with how you were calling Anara was calling him Mr. Gargoyle. I'm just like, there, I have to do this dumb fucking joke. The name of him. I'm like, Mr. Goggle is Mr. Goggle is my father. And I'm like, oh, what is the next sentence that needs to come out of my mouth? Yeah. So that's it, like you mean the best joke we ever had on this podcast? Exactly. <laughs> I love that joke so much. Uh, it's so, so funny. So yeah, that's where a few of our names come from. 
Thank you so much for joining us for this after party. We would love to talk to you more on Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr now. Fish, you're doing an awesome job with the Tumblr. Gracias. They're at Join the Party Pod on all the places, including Instagram, where Eric puts up dope Instagram photos all the time, including for every new episode. And it's always fun. I love seeing what podcasts choose to share in a visual medium. It's pretty cool. Join us in our Discord. Give us just a dollar or more, and you can join us. Join the Party Pod over on Patreon. And we also have merch. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Our T-shirts and tank tops for the team came in. And I am just going to wear my Antopolis sweatshirt everywhere for the rest of time. I don't I'm know about you guys. Never gonna wash mine. I'm just gonna wear it every day. No, just that factory fresh smell. Yes. Nice. By factory fresh, you mean Brandon smell. Brandon fresh smell. Oh, Brandon I thought fresh it was smell. the Captain Alex from the. I thought all of these shirts came from the ship from the <sighs> I wish. Down Eastern Alexa. I wish with just like the slightly queer whiff of of sea salt. Yeah. <laughs> The slightly <laughs> queer whiff of sea salt. That's also Amanda's uh, memoir title. It is. This outro took a turn. Anyway, but you can find all that at jointhepartypod.com slash merch. We love you guys. Can we sell that candle? If you make candles, get in touch. Bye, guys. Bye. I want that candle so bad. May the undying light watch over all of you. Don't, 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 don't,